This is Vermont Edition. I'm Jane Lindholm. We'd been talking earlier about the state budget with VPR reporter Peter Hirschfeld and Burlington Free Press reporter April McCollum. You can find that conversation at vpr.net or by searching Vermont Edition in the NPR One app. We're going to shift gears now to talk about all the other things happening in state politics right now. All right, maybe not all the other things, but I guess a grab bag of political and legislative issues. And um, uh, Pete, let's start with you. Uh, this is uh, political, but also goes beyond political, it certainly goes to the economy of the Northeast Kingdom and elsewhere. It's been about a year since the EB-5 scandal broke at Peak and Q. Burke. Now, the SEC accused the owner of those reports, Ariel Kiros, and his business partner, Bill Stenger, of defrauding foreign investors of $200 million in what they called a Ponzi-like scheme. This weekend, we learned of a new lawsuit that's related to the EB-5 scandal. Can you just give us the development in that story? Yeah. So this lawsuit was filed in federal court on Friday, and it centers on the very first triggering transaction in that Ponzi-like scheme that the SEC outlines in the complaint. So this whole saga began when Ariel Kiros purchased JPEG and he bought the resort from a Canadian company called St. Sever Valley Resorts. Uh, St. Sever had already enrolled in the EB-5 program when Kiros decided to buy, buy the resort and had collected about $22 million from foreign investors for two EB-5 projects um, that involved the construction of hotel suites. So as part of the acquisition, Ariel Kiros was going to be taking on these EB-5 projects. But Kiros says to St. Sever, uh, hey, guys, I'm going to buy this thing, but I don't necessarily believe that you really have all this money you say you have from these foreign investors. So I want you to show it to me. I want you to transfer that investor money uh, to accounts that I control so I can confirm that all this money you say is there really is. And on June 16th and 17th of 2008, uh, they did that. They sent this money uh, to accounts that, that uh, Ariel Kiros was then able to transfer under his control. So the SEC says that Ariel Kiros actually used that investor money to buy JPEG to begin with and that he never had the cash in the first place and used that investor money to backfill uh, – Use that investor money to, to buy JPEG and then used investor money that he got after that to backfill the money he uh, pilfered from, from the original accounts. What this lawsuit alleges is that St. Sever Valley Resorts knew full well what Ariel Kiros was doing and that they were so anxious to sell the resort that they let it all happen because they knew at the end of the day they were going to get the money and that the consequences presumably would fall to Ariel Kiros instead of them. Um, the uh, Anthony Sutton is the name of the investor, uh, defrauded investor who filed this this suit. He says Saint Sever still has his twenty three million dollars, and he's asking a federal judge to take that money from the Canadian resort and use it to help make defrauded investors whole. And we're going to actually be talking a lot more about that tomorrow on this program, as well as other developments surrounding the whole EB-5, J.P. Kubrick, uh, Ariel Kiros, Bill Stenger issue. So stay tuned, listeners, for that, because tomorrow we're going to be talking all about that. And, and you can, as always, send questions or comments to Vermont Edition at vpr.net on that. April, what are you looking at that's happening in Montpelier or swirling around Montpelier still to come in this legislative season that we're in? 
Well, there were a few that are um, really interesting to me. Um, well, you can't go a whole show without mentioning the marijuana bill. So that one's still <laughs> interesting. That one's sitting in the House Human Services Committee uh, for testimony on impacts on youth um, use of marijuana under a legalized system. Um, but aside from that, which gets a lot of attention, um, there are a couple And not likely are... to go anywhere? I mean, are we, we're not going to see a legalization bill, bill actually pass this session, You know, I'm we? not sure. It's it's kind of sitting while they try to figure out if there are enough votes in the House to get it through. We are coming up on the end of the session pretty quickly. So Definitely don't count it out, though. This thing yeah. is not dead by mm. any stretch. I think there's still, I mean, obviously there's a lot of interest still in that bill. And um yeah, I, I think there's interest um, in the House and the Senate, and the Senate, and um, it has been discussed in committee, which is a good sign um, that it might actually make it out of committee again. Um, but uh, the, coming up this week, uh, tomorrow, there's a vote in the House, or scheduled to be a vote in the House, on a, a mental uh, health workers' compensation bill that is really interesting, um, primarily dealing with PTSD um, incurred by um, firefighters and other first responders on the job, um, as well as kind of opening up a way for other employees to get some workers' compensation benefits for mental conditions that they have as a result of their employment. Um, so that will be an interesting discussion. Uh, the Ethics Commission is Let still Let me stop you through. before you move Sorry. to ethics. So, so what's, what's controversial about that? I mean, why is this something that you think is going to take debate? Because so what we're talking about here, as you said, is uh, people who are suffering from PTSD because of job-related issues and making sure that that's part of workers' compensation. Do you see that as a big debate or is that something that's likely to actually sail through? I think there's a, a real potential for debate because the issue of mental health conditions um, and whether or not it's a result, a direct result of your job can get really complicated. And there's um, there's two different committee versions of the bill that are going to be discussed. The, the amendment from the House Commerce and Economic Development Committee um, has a lot more of a, uh, a test for how you prove that your mental condition was or you show that your mental condition was a result of your job. And that gets really tricky. I think the firefighters piece might be a little bit more straightforward. But when you look at other types of employment and exactly how you define that, it gets very complicated very quickly. All right. And you mentioned ethics. And we ethics. talked to Paul Burns, the head of VPIRG, the other day, and he said, you know, it's not exactly what I wanted, but it's a good start. Right. And so that's uh, that's still moving through. And uh, that one, at least last I knew it, had an appropriation tag to it. So we were just talking about the budget. And this is another one that they would have to find some money if they want to make it happen in this next fiscal year. Uh, so uh, we'll be following that one. But uh, it's it's not... Um, extremely robust. It's not what Paul Burns and others wanted, but it is uh, a step and it would require some disclosures and some some professional standards for our state officials. April, is this the time of year where you feel like you're exhausted or is it exciting because things have to move now if they're actually going to get through in this first half of the biennium? So from your perspective as a reporter, (laughs) are you just running from place to place? Uh, it's, it begins to be a lot of information overload, and you're trying to keep track of all the bills at the same time, um, and a lot of them are moving um, at the same time. You know, now that we know which ones are basically moving forward, they're moving quickly. And um, But it is exciting, and it's, it's invigorating having the spring weather, and everybody's eager to get out of there and to wrap up their work, and it's, it's an exciting feeling in the Statehouse. Pete, are there things that you're really keeping an eye on right now that you think we all should be keeping an eye on? Yeah, I I think I'd like to bring people's attention to a couple bills that are going to be on the House floor this week. There was a strong move afoot in Montpelier this year to take some more substantive action on racial justice issues in Vermont. Um, And there are 
two pieces of legislation geared toward that. One is a fair and impartial policing bill that's going to call for an update of the statewide fair and impartial policing policy. That that policy would be put together by the Vermont Criminal Justice Training Council, but done so in collaboration with groups like ACLU and Migrant Justice um, to come up with something uh, that everybody feels good about. The idea is that Vermont needs uniform policies in place all over the state um, and that we need an enforcement mechanism and this bill would would make the AG, the attorney general's office that person to make sure that uh, police agencies are are in compliance with those policies. Uh, and another bill that's going to be on the floor is uh, a, called a racial justice bill and this legislation would create a 15-person racial justice oversight board. Uh, racial justice advocates say Montpelier has uh, put in place a number of initiatives aimed at resolving implicit bias in the criminal justice system, but there's no centralized group to oversee this work and bring to light issues when they arise. And so this board tries to uh, resolve that issue and, and a lot of people feel like it would be a really important addition um, to, to the institutional framework of government. Well, still a lot to come in this legislative season before the House and Senate adjourn. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it and you can keep Keep an eye on the reporting of Peter Hirschfeld with VPR and April McCullum at the Burlington Free Press for all of their coverage of legislative issues. April and Pete, thank you very much for spending the hour with us today. Thanks so much. Good to be with you. Listeners, if there's a comment you'd like to add to this conversation, leave a note on the Vermont Edition page at vpr.net. You can also find us on Facebook or tweet us at Vermont Edition. And follow Vermont Edition in NPR One for all our latest content. Vermont Edition is produced by Rick Singeri, Sam Gill-Rosen, and Meg Malone. Mary Williams directed this program. Our executive producer is Patty Daniels. And our theme music was composed by Grace Potter and the Nocturnals. I'm Jane Lindholm. Thanks for listening. <laughs>